What does it really look like to build a sustainable future for the global majority? We are on a mission to find out. I'm Marilyn Waite. And I'm Andrew Chang. And this is the Global South Climate Tech Podcast. Where we unearth innovations that are redefining what's possible for an ecologically and socially just economy. For the global majority. Hello, everyone. We're back. So this Global South Climate Tech podcast is a continuation of our China Clean Tech podcast. We started China Clean Tech podcast to really highlight and spotlight Chinese climate innovators that were building climate solutions in China. And one of the things that we were looking to address was this major misconception from parts of the Western world uh, in, in terms of viewing China in a way that was not accurate to what was actually happening on the ground. And Marilyn and I, we had four seasons, and we learned so much from the ecosystem in China. And now, as we move into COP28, with a major focus on the global south, it is very timely for us to broaden the horizon and include many solutions that are happening on the ground in global south markets. And so we're excited to interview live in Dubai at COP28 on campus at the Dubai Expo and feel the energy and the ambiance of the entrepreneurs and all the activity that's going to be happening around us. I am very excited that we are able to meet with them in person on the ground during COP28. Marilyn, why don't you give the audience a little bit about your background? My background is in civil and environmental engineering, and then venture capital, and then climate finance. My first job was in Madagascar, working for the United Nations. Then I eventually entered the nuclear energy world in France. I've lived in a bunch of places, including Jamaica, Panama, Kenya, South Africa, China, very much a Global South person currently based in France. And so right now, my main hat is leading the Climate Finance Fund on capital domiciled in China, the European Union, and the United States to move it from the dirty stuff to the clean stuff. So from dirty energy to clean energy, from dirty agriculture to clean agriculture, towards all the climate solutions, including where that capital is needed the most, including in the global south. We focus on three pools of capital, bank lending and credit, asset management, and lastly, but not least, venture capital for startups who are innovating in the clean energy and climate-friendly economy. And that's where you come in, Andrew. Absolutely. My background is in solar. I grew up in the Bay Area during the solar boom. And since then, I've been able to have the pleasure of working in acceleration, uh, startup acceleration specifically in markets such as Indonesia, Thailand, China, uh, and now in the UAE. And so what really drives me is being able to create new opportunities for climate tech solutions around the world and bring the ecosystem together to support entrepreneurs and the development of these economies to a cleaner, more sustainable future. And how I do that is working for New Energy Nexus, 
We are an international organization that supports clean energy entrepreneurs and ecosystems around the world. Our mission is to drive innovation and build equity into the global clean energy economy. And this is what's really exciting and the driving force behind what's needed to address some of the climate challenges is being able to have not only great solutions that are coming from markets that matter uh, in the global south, but also to be able to have the finance and the people and the venture to back it. Now, while this term is imperfect, global south encapsulates most of the world, the many low to middle and upper middle income economies that represent the majority of the planet's human population. Our definition of the Global South also includes the Global South that is in the Global North. So those communities that are disproportionately excluded from access to climate capital and high income economies. If we're going to solve climate change, we have to have all hands on deck. And so we're really looking forward to speaking with these entrepreneurs who represent all of these hands coming together to make climate solutions work for the 100%. This is probably going to be one of the biggest COPs where climate tech is front and center, and we're excited to be able to bring that to the world. Yes, and despite my better judgment, I am also here with you, Andrew, at COP28. Now, what is the COP? Conference of the Parties. It happens roughly every year. And it is a time for the world community to come together to negotiate around climate action. It is primarily a conference for diplomats, representatives of countries to come together and say, this is what we agree to achieve. This is our deadline. These are some funds. Here's what we're going to do. So probably the most famous COP was the COP that happened in Paris in 2015, which established the Paris Agreement and set up this overall goal to keep the planet well below two degrees Celsius in warming. So why do I say this is against my better judgment? Well, COPs are also controversial because they cost a lot of money, money that could be spent towards actually reducing climate change and investing in climate solutions. And they don't always result in serious action for the planet. Now, on the other side, people will say, if we don't come together, there's no way possible to work those through, even if we don't always end up in the best possible solutions. So, for example, at this year's COP, COP28, one of the major items on the agenda is around global north and global south solidarity. In other words, climate justice. So the economies that are responsible for most of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, like the United States, what have they provided to the economies that are suffering the most, but have the least responsible emissions globally? So what is the investment? What is the funding available to enable the world to transition and to manage the impacts of climate change? Right now, there's been this $100 billion U.S. dollars pledged from global north economies towards the global south. Now, some global North economies are saying that that has been achieved in different ways. However, the global South economies are saying, show me the money. We don't believe your numbers. This is not accurate. <laughs> we have not received that investment. So that will be a major part of the agenda around climate financing and especially 
grant funding, a lot of economies are saying we are debt burdened, we are over leveraged. What we don't need is more debt. What we need is actual grants and funding to help our economies transition and manage the impacts of climate change. Marilyn, I totally agree with you. These are the hard truths that we need to face and be open to talk about, because if we're not open to talk about these things, we're not going to address the problem at hand. And while this COP28 in Dubai has received lots of controversy, I do believe that this is an opportunity to address the giant elephant in the room, which is that the fossil fuel companies need to stop investing in fossil fuels, redirect that capital into clean energy. And this COP28 has the opportunity to put the how and the what for a lot of the major oil and energy companies out there to redirect investment flows towards climate finance and clean energy and climate solutions. And my philosophy is that we need all hands on deck, and that's including the major energy companies out there. And so if we can persuade them to invest further and invest more and divest from fossil fuels uh, and take that capital into other solutions and building ecosystems around clean energy, I think that is the path forward. Uh, And so at New Energy Nexus, that's very much the work that we do, which is to bring about climate solutions as the positive solution to addressing major climate challenges and the green jobs that it creates, but also upskilling youth and young people to be the driving force for the next generation. And so this is why this COP28 is so special because the gravitas of it, the shock factor of it being in the UAE, this is where sort of ground zero is. And we need to really push the needle forward and policies forward and capital forward towards climate solutions. So I think expecting big oil and gas to somehow become clean energy and invest at the scale needed is like expecting big tobacco to invest in chocolate and become a chocolate company. It's not going to happen. That's not actually how we know innovation works and disruption works. It leads us to the same solution, however, which is the disruptors, the innovators, the entrepreneurs, the startups that are pure plays, that are actually climate solution pure plays, have reducing greenhouse gases in their DNA and don't have a vested interest in the incumbent industry. So we're kidding ourselves if we expect the coal, oil, and gas industry to do anything but their core business. And everything they've done up until now shows that that is the case. Not only has the fossil fuel industry thwarted climate progress, they had some of the best climate scientists but kept the information internally and explicitly informed their scientists not to speak up about the truth. We know from leaked emails just how petty the oil and gas industry is, and the billions they have spent on misleading the public as to the severity of the climate crisis. We know also that they profit from injustice, that they will not hesitate to expand fossil fuel use, that's coal, oil, and gas use. And that's what they will do because that is their core business. Now, I would love for 
the UAE's ecosystem to shift towards climate solutions, it will not come from the oil and gas part of the UAE. It will have to come from the innovators and the disruptors. And that's where I agree that we have to get the investment in the right places. But we are kidding ourselves if we think it's going to be inside of an oil and gas company. You're absolutely right. And while I am an optimist and hopeful, I think we have to tame our own hopes because fundamentally, companies will not do things to hurt their business, which is why I think one of our main purposes for this is to offer alternative solutions, other investable solutions that will be good for business and help their bottom line. There needs to be an attractive business case for these companies. And while we talk a lot about impact of climate solutions and the good things that it does, at the end of the day, for that to be sustainable, it needs to have a sustainable business model and it needs to be investable. And if we can create programs that allow and increase the success rate of startups and entrepreneurs and gives them capacity building, introduces them to strategic partners and customers, pilot funding that can help them address and get through the first valley of death so they can prove their technology and eventually commercialize it. And this is why we are running this New Energy Nexus COP28 Accelerator Program. And this is why we are highlighting and interviewing these startups so they can have a chance and we can help them succeed. Yeah, so hundreds of startups are converging in the UAE for COP28. And it's a great opportunity to talk to them and pass the mic so that they can express their triumphs, their challenges, what is needed from the ecosystem, from investors, from governments, from all of these stakeholders that can make or break this ecological transition because they are on the ground. They are getting the job done. And it's very rare that we get to hear from this breadth of innovators. So the global South is also the global majority. And yet most of the media covers stories from a very small percentage of the world. And so this is vital information for everyone that's concerned about the climate crisis, everyone that wants to know what they can do to help, and everyone that has a job or is looking for a job in what they can do to help us get out of the climate crisis. Couldn't have said it better, Marilyn. And we're seeing a whole array of local solutions that communities are using already. And it's exciting to see them bring those real stories, real case studies, and highlight them through this podcast, but also highlight them through all the various activities that are happening at COP, including Startup Village, the Technology and Innovation Hub, this year in the Green Zone, there's going to be so much activity, private sector engagement supported by NGOs, academia, government, investors, and corporates. And so there's going to be a lot of creative collisions that happen. And we hope that many of the entrepreneurs that walk away from this conference after a full week and a half or two weeks, uh, that they walk away with some real value add to their business and some new valuable connections that they can take forward. 
I'm so excited to hear from the innovators during our first season of the Global South Climate Tech Podcast. And I really hope you enjoy this season and that hearing from innovators in often less resourced situations will help motivate your own climate action, both in your work and in your life, and encourage more investment in Global South climate solutions. Me too, Marilyn. I'm so excited and there's a lot more to come. For those interested in learning more about the Global South Climate Tech Podcast and the organizations behind it, please check out www.gsclimatetech.com. The Global South Climate Tech Podcast is produced by Frequency Media. This episode was recorded on-site at COP28 in Dubai. Our executive producer is Michelle Corey. Our sound designer, field engineer, and editor is Claire Bidigari-Curtis. Our producer is Lizzie Stewart, and our associate producer is Sara Naz Jad Babayi. And we're your co-hosts, Marilyn Waite and Andrew Chang. <laughs>